Hello, my fearless family. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Kate Whitfield, and I'm so excited you're back. This is actually going to be an unplanned part two to last week's episode, which was all about the three things that I would do differently if I were to start Fearlessly Girl over again from scratch today. And so many of you loved that. And ever since I recorded it, I have been thinking that there are other things that I would do differently um, as well that I didn't mention in the first episode. So I thought today let's do a part two and I'll share with you three more things that I would do differently if I were to start over. So I hope you enjoy it. Hi, and welcome to the Fearlessly Kind podcast all about creating a kinder girl world. My name is Kate Whitfield, and I am the founder and CEO of Fearlessly Girl, speaker, author, and girls empowerment expert. Each week, join me and our incredible Fearlessly Kind facilitators as we share our tips and strategies to raise and educate strong, empowered young women and lead by example as we inspire a generation of girls to be kinder to themselves and each other. Okay, so let's dive in. The first thing that I want to talk about today is picking up where we left off last week. And I did sneak a little extra bonus tip in at the end of last week's podcast, but I thought this would be a great time to dive in a little deeper and share with you more information on what I would do in terms of starting a podcast because I I would absolutely... If I were starting over from zero, from scratch, I would start a podcast, a weekly podcast that I would stay consistent with and every week just update, share, interview people, answer questions, and I would really niche down so I am talking directly to my ideal customers, my ideal clients, and show up every week providing a ton of value. And here's why, because I think a podcast really is such an incredible way to build a community, to build authority in your niche, to get really clear on your story, your message, and to give yourself just a ton of practice speaking, um, you know, storytelling, sharing your tips, your advice, your wisdom. It really does let people also get to know you. So that like, know, and trust that I always talk about that people need to have before they buy from you or before they sign up for anything. Having a podcast checks almost all of those important boxes. And it is, you know, a very intimate kind of experience, right? Because you're listening to somebody else's voice in your ears when when you're driving or walking or cleaning the house or doing whatever it is you're doing. And so what that allows for is an incredible way to feel connected to another person. So if you're showing up every week in somebody's ears, really being vulnerable, open, honest, like letting your personality shine through, you are going to have loyal fans so quickly. And if they can rely on you and they know you're providing value and you're giving, 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 when it comes time to present your offer to your audience, they're going to be so much more likely to sign up or register or buy from you. And also a really great way to fine tune your message, a great way to understand your customers pain points. Because the great thing about a a podcast is providing those calls of action of like DM me on Instagram, tell me this, answer this question. And when you are 
having those kind of conversations with your audience, you're really learning very quickly what they need help with, what they're struggling with, and you're you're hearing that in their own words. And so what you can then do is just pay attention to those things. And that can be a topic for next week, right? Like you can just keep building out topic ideas the more you talk to your people, your audience. And it's just such a powerful way to stay connected. So what I would recommend doing is, first of all, don't freak out because I understand this whole idea of starting a podcast can seem really out there, really difficult. The thing I hear so often from people is like, I'm not techie. Good news is you don't have to be. The great thing is about podcasts is there's a really low barrier to entry. Like you can absolutely go and invest hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars on podcasting equipment. You can do that. You can totally do that, but you absolutely do not need to. I spent about $150 on Amazon. I bought a Blue Yeti microphone and that was like, you know, a splurge. That was an extravagance because truth be told, I've listened to a lot of podcasts that people just record on their iPhones, okay? So just given how great the technology that we're carrying around with us day, day to day is, we can definitely use our iPhone or right now I'm recording with my Eddie microphone, but I'm using GarageBand, which is free. It came with my Mac. So explore what kind of programs you already have, like sound editing, audio editing, and you really don't need any bells and whistles. You just, you know, plug your mic in or speak into your phone and have a conversation, right? Like definitely plan out your episodes and have some talking points and some main ideas you want to address, but really the more authentic you can be, the better and the more you can just like share openly and honestly and just hop on and don't overthink it. The first episode I recorded, it took me three days to record like I think it was a half an hour episode. It took me three days to record it because I would say one sentence and I would delete it and start over and start over and start over. I overthought it. I thought it had to be perfect. I thought I couldn't like stumble over a single word. I mean, it was like the amount of pressure I put on myself was really wild. And I learned really quickly that is not sustainable and nobody really cares that much. As long as they can hear you, as long as it's not like really echoey or fuzzy or you're not breaking up a whole bunch. I mean, there is an, an element of making sure like the sound has decent quality, but just being able to hop on, have a conversation, not overthink it, understand that it's not going to be perfect right off the bat. The first 5, 10, 15 episodes, you're probably going to look back in a year and be like, wow, <laughs> those are terrible. And that's okay. That is totally okay. So just get started. Really, like I said in my last episode, I went to Google University, YouTube University. If I didn't know how to do something, I would hop online and you can bet that there's going to be some video, some article, some blog that is going to walk you through it step by step. And there's so many podcast hosting platforms. If you do sign up for that three um, free 30-day Kajabi trial, you'll get access to their incredible, included in the price of Kajabi um, podcast hosting 
platform, I guess. Like that's what I use for all of my podcasts. I've got three podcasts right now and they're all hosted on Kajabi. So simple. I create the the artwork in Canva. And honestly, if you want me to go more in depth on a whole separate episode or training within the certification of how to get your podcast up and running, I would love to because I really think it is such a powerful way of building an audience, connecting with people, having them get to know you like you trust you, and just building a community around your business. I love it. So if you're interested, find me on Instagram, slide into my DMs, and let's chat because if that is a topic that's interesting to you, I would love to share all my tips and tricks. So that is the first thing I would do if I were starting over. I would immediately, immediately, immediately start a podcast, okay? So the next thing I would do in the spirit of continuing to build a community around my product, my organization, my message, my program, would be to start a free Facebook group. And the great thing about Facebook groups, if your target audience, your target market, parents, educators, like whoever it is you're kind of um, marketing your, your programs or services to, if they are an audience that is on Facebook, having a Facebook group, a community that you can build right there, a place where people, you know, check in every day, it's a great place to stay connected and to provide value, right? Like you can go live in your group, you can do Q and A's, you can share information, tips, strategies, you can really provide so much value within a Facebook group. And I've just recently got into the world of, of having my own Facebook groups. There's a free Facebook group that, that I'm currently running for anyone interested in getting into the girls empowerment space, all about building your girls empowerment program or business. And it's in the very early days, but I can absolutely see the benefit of having a, a place online where your people go, where you can pop in, dive in, provide value, connect. Again, they get to know you, they get to like you, they get to trust you. The secret with that is really to just, again, be consistent, provide value. But if you think about it, if you're doing a weekly podcast, that's there's so much content there that you can repurpose into infographics or carousel posts or a quick, you know, live session within your Facebook group. And repurposing content is also something that I recommend Googling and looking into because if you create something once, you know, work smarter, not harder, right? Like find ways to get it out on different platforms and to connect with different audiences. But having a Facebook group, a place online that you can direct everyone to, and it's just a great place to stay in touch and get to know everybody. And again, like really hear about their pain points and how you can best serve them and create content that really solves a problem for them so that when it comes time for you to launch your product or your event or your workshop, you're going to have people who know you, like you, trust you, and are super excited to buy from you. And the third thing that I would do differently just starting out is something that I didn't do until years and years and years into my Fearlessly Girl career, and that is to collaborate, okay? So team up with other people either in the industry or in some other adjacent field that just made sense to partner with. So let me just share an example with you. In 2016, I think it was, I partnered with Madison Keys, the tennis player, 
And that partnership was so incredible because it allowed me and my brand to just reach so many more people, so many more girls, have so many more opportunities because it kind of leveraged her platform and her audience as well and provided a ton of value to them. So it was like a true win-win-win in every possible way. First and foremost, the girls won by being able to get this programming that maybe they wouldn't have ordinarily been able to get. Madison won by having, you know, teaming up with this organization, doing such good work. And, and Fearlessly Girl won by just expanding our reach and getting some incredible coverage, like with Forbes and Vogue and the New York Times. And... It really opened my eyes, to be honest, to just how powerful partnerships and collaborations are. And then I ultimately went on to collaborate with other brands, with other athletes. And it was really the game changer for the trajectory of Fearlessly Girl, to be totally honest, was just realizing how powerful it is to align yourself with other people who, you know, are doing good work, people that you admire. Like, I definitely was very... Um, serious about making sure that the people that I partnered with and collaborated with also had the same kind of values that that I did and that Fearlessly Girl stood for. And I did turn down several um, kind of major deals and partnerships because I just felt out of alignment, like the values didn't line up. And I felt like that would be super hypocritical of me to team up with this brand or these people, even though the money, you know, was great. But it just felt like I was selling out at that point, And I did take the integrity of Fearlessly Girl very seriously. So I did my due diligence. I really looked into the people I partnered with and the brands I partnered with and made sure that their values were aligned with mine. And once I kind of got through that process to go all in on these partnerships and create great events and do great things was really, really wonderful. And it doesn't necessarily have to be some major athlete that you team up with, which I mean, if you have access to or, you know, you have um, an in with with somebody who has like a really big network of fans or followers, that's great. But I mean, even just collaborating on podcast episodes, collaborating on Instagram, going live with somebody doing a live interview with somebody that you admire, just being able to share audiences, like in the beginning, I sort of did it in a vacuum where it was just me out there. I kind of, I just didn't know. Like, I guess I just really didn't know the options available to me. And so I just stayed in my own lane and did my work and it grew very slowly. But then once I kind of got exposed to this new way of doing things and collaborating and sharing audiences and providing value to other people's audiences, I saw how quickly things can grow. So it's, you know, similar but different from what we talked about in the last episode about going out after brand partnerships and and deals and things like that, but individually collaborating with even other people in the industry. Like, and I'm a big believer in that on the podcast, being able to have other people on who are doing cool stuff in the girls empowerment space. Like, let's get out there. Let's share audiences. Let's promote each other. And, you know, a big part of Fearlessly Girl is collaboration over competition so it was really important for me to, you know, not just talk about that, but to actually do it and put it into practice. So think about ways, think about people that you can reach out to, that you can collaborate with, that you can team up with, that you can work with in some way. I mean, even if you team up with somebody on a workshop, maybe there's somebody doing similar work to you in your community, or maybe they're doing it for a different age group and you can kind of like 
team up and do something together. Do a parent-daughter event where you work with the girls in the morning and they work with the parents in the afternoon and then you guys switch and come together. I mean, there's so many beautiful ways to collaborate in the space and I definitely believe that we are stronger together and that's why the community part of the Fearlessly Kind certification is so important to me because it's incredible to see what happens when women come together, support each other, are generous with each other, help each other, and just seeing the friendships and relationships that are forming within that community is so powerful and so beautiful, and it's so helpful. Like, it helps us all get ahead. Okay, so there you have it, the three additional things that I would do differently if I were starting Fearlessly Girl over again from zero Today, I would 100% without a doubt start a podcast and figure it out as I went. I would not overthink it. I would just create really good content, tips, advice for my ideal customer, put it out every week. I would also start a free Facebook group just to build even more community and connection. And I would look for every possible opportunity to team up with and collaborate with people with similar audiences to mine, people doing similar work to me, and just really look at creative ways to provide value to their audience as well and kind of just expedite the process of growing my audience and reaching more people with whatever message I was, you know, kind of sharing with the world. So now that we've talked about all the things that I would do differently, I thought it might be fun to actually talk about some of the things that I would not do over again. And... I haven't actually planned this part out, so we'll just see what comes to mind. But one of the things that I would not spend nearly as much time on is promoting myself to like actual media outlets. So TV shows, radio shows, things like that. I did that a lot back in the day in the beginning. And to be fair, that was 13, 14 years ago. And I don't even know if podcasts were a thing back then, to be honest. So radio shows just kind of seemed like the way to go. And I did a regular spot on breakfast television in Vancouver every month, which was, you know, so cool. But for all the effort that I was putting in, it really didn't translate into more bookings or more sales or more program sales or product sales or anything like that. It was, you know, just a fun experience and it was really cool to do and it was good to have on my resume. But in terms of it actually converting people, I never saw that. And I really did put a lot of effort into finding reporters and pitching myself. And if you have a business model where that really does make sense for you, then by all means disregard that. But it's not an area that I would really spend too much time on if I were starting over. Another thing that I would not do over again would be saying yes to every single opportunity that came my way to speak. Like some of the things just truly did not make sense. The audiences made sense. The topics were not anything related to what I was actually really wanting to talk about. I said yes for the experience, but like more often than not, the amount of money that I invested to get to these events because I was doing it all for free just for the experience it just really wasn't worth it. Like there's so many better ways to get experience that aren't costing you a fortune. Doing a podcast, for example, is a great way to get comfortable speaking and sharing and teaching and educating in that kind of way. But back then I would just like, I would get on any plane to go anywhere to do any kind of, you know, talk, speech, presentation. And it was an adventure, you know, like I don't completely regret it. But at the same time, it just, it didn't really move the needle in any sort of meaningful way again that that I think in the beginning you want to really make sure that everything you're doing is providing a return on your time investment. 
And so for me, like when I come, when it comes to think about starting over and like what I would do, like a, a podcast absolutely would be a way that you're getting a return on your investment quickly, building a community, having a Facebook group, being consistent on social media. They're all things that are going to get you in front of your ideal customers, your ideal clients, let them know you like you, trust you and build that relationship really quickly. And, you know, as much as it was, like I said, fun to travel all over and, you know, be in these seedy little hotels because that was all I could afford <laughs> at the time seemed fun, but it's certainly not anything that I would ever do again. And it's not anything that I would ever recommend that you would do if, if you're just in the getting started phases. I also think that, you know, not having to invest a ton of money either in in anything I'm a huge believer in starting with where you are, with what you have, and growing and building from there. That's why I'm saying if you want to do a podcast, grab your iPhone, you know, speak into your computer microphone. Then when you're kind of getting some traction, you're getting some bookings, you're getting some sales, then invest in the Yeti microphone. Then invest in whatever else that you feel like you need as you grow. But the biggest mistake you can make is going out and buying all this, all of this technology, equipment, whatever only to find that you're not, you know, it's not the vibe for you. It's not something that you can be consistent with. And then you're left with like this investment that was just unnecessary. So I really do believe in allowing everything to grow with you. It's okay to start small. It's okay to start from where you're at. It's okay to be completely imperfect in what you're doing. As long as you, you know, are putting your heart and soul into it, you're making an effort, you're providing value, you're letting people in on the journey those things are what really get you to the next level. Being consistent gets you to the next level. And just not having excuses of like, well, I need this, that or the other. No, you don't. You really, really don't. <laughs> and so I, I do wish I would have known that in the beginning as well. Because, you know, sometimes we can psych ourselves out and we can overthink things and we just don't move forward. So anyway, that is it for my thoughts on what I would do differently. It's actually been really fun to think all this stuff through and and really like kind of get clear on, okay, how would I do it differently, especially in this day and age with how easy it is to be consistent with content, whatever that is, if, if it's your podcast every week, be consistent with that. If it is Instagram posts, Instagram reels, be consistent with that. If it's TikToks, be consistent with that. And just really realizing that consistency is key and to not give up and just to keep, keep going, like keep trying. It can be really tempting if you're putting yourself out there and maybe it's been two months or three months and you're not seeing the kind of growth you want. You're not seeing the desired results to just give up. But consistency always pays off. The more consistent you can be, if you're learning, growing, providing value, then it is going to pay off. And so that is something that I would do differently as well is just to be really consistent. Pick one social media channel, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever you love. And just be consistent on that one thing until you start to see traction as well. So anyway, I hope that was helpful. I would love to know where you're at in your girls empowerment journey. If you're interested in that free Facebook group, the link is in the show notes and would love very much to welcome you in there and to be able to support you on your girls empowerment journey. And one final quick thing before we go and wrap this episode up for the week today, November 2nd, while I'm recording this, and this will go out on November 3rd. The Fearlessly Tween Academy has just launch, launched and I'm so excited about it. It has been a year in the making. I wanted to make sure this was 
really great, really impactful, really in-depth. And what it is, is a four-module online course, four workshops designed for moms and daughters to do together. And it really is just all about building connection, having conversations, preparing for the ups and downs of tween girl world. So this is perfect for you to do if you have a daughter that's between the ages of 8 and 13, kind of facing all of those big new changes and friendships and behavior and independence and it just provides so many great conversations so many great strategies there's a beautiful workbook that goes along with it and there's also some really fun bonuses so one of those bonuses is a mother-daughter journal notebook that you print out and you can reprint it as many times as you need and you're able to write notes and messages and questions and whatever back and forwards to each other and just keep in touch with each other if you know maybe it is a little bit harder to have those face-to-face conversations so you get that as a download you also get a beautiful mother-daughter connection meditation that you can do before the workshops you can do once a month make it a part of your like you know weekend routine something like that that just really allows you to to feel connected and supported by each other You also get the confidence kit for free right now as well. And for a very limited time, depending on when you listen to this, I'm offering $100 off because I always love rewarding those of you that kind of dive in early and and buy early. So there's $100 off available right now. And I will put the coupon code in the show notes as well so you can check it out. But it's, yeah, the Fearlessly Tween Academy. I'm so excited about it. I know it's going to help so many parents and daughters just deepen their connection and really be able to navigate the ups and downs of tween girl world. So if you are interested in that, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Check it out. If you have any questions, send me an email or DM me. But I really think if you are the mother of a tween girl, this is for you. It was created with you in mind. And I think it'll be really, really transformational for you and your daughter. So you can check that out in the show notes. And um, yeah, I will see you next week with a whole new episode. Bye for now.